0: Welcome to another episode from Moonplay Cinema. This is Where To From Here. I am Jess Reyes and the artist organizer for Moonplay. This episode is a conversation with Andrea Shaker. Her creative work is interdisciplinary, spanning photography, a moving image, experimental film, as well as written and spoken word. Andrea is Arab American. She investigates the spaces between home, homeland and migration. What I have found uh, so mesmerizing is how Andrea, through image and word, her work can reflect upon how these spaces, you know, like the movement of the body within these spaces um, are imagined and also understood through sort of the physiology of intergenerational memory. Uh, One thing uh, that I think about with Andrea's art, is, is the physical components um, that the work can evoke. Uh, often when I am watching Andrea's work, uh, whether that has been in person as part of a performance or over the computer uh, watching uh, some of her work or seeing her work installed in gallery spaces, there is a moment of taking in a breath and holding it using that breath as a form of reflection but also a form of healing i really value andrea's approach uh, to the themes that she explores and i'm just so excited to share this conversation with you that i had with andrea Andrea, it's really great to have you um, in this conversation to continue on. Um, this uh, this podcast uh, serves as a way for us to stay connected uh, during COVID, um, and you know, with all things kind of shutting down, and um, for good reason. Um, but also has been sort of a detriment, um, or not sort of, is a detriment to much of our practices, but also our arts and cultural communities. Um, You know, uh, one of the reasons I brought you, myself, uh, Kira, uh, and Molly together uh, is to connect us over our our interdisciplinary practices. Uh, Memory seems to be such a recurrent theme uh, in your art, um, and we all actually explore that as well. Um, We also have explored the body uh, and in many different capacities and ways, and we have used film and the moving image um, and many other types of forms uh, to express those. What I'm most drawn to um, often with your work, Andrea, is the, the thought around memory um, and how it's experienced in the body. Um, so I really do want to start there. I really want to kind of dive in. Um, I hope that um, talking about um, memory and how you express it uh, in your art or how it's explored in your art, uh, you can bring a discussion around You know what your process is like as an artist, uh, how exploring such as an example of on Bait. I just want you know if I, I think about right now um, if we could like pretend that we're not on a zoom call or what have you but we are literally in a, a micro cinema in St. Paul Minnesota and um, we just showed on bait um, and you know to talk about what that what that project meant but also as a trajectory in your career of you know where you have come from you know the first work that you've done and to where you are today with OnBait, um, and then new projects that you've been working on um, so obviously process your influences um, the experiences uh, that create your work um, how does memory inform your practice
1: well, first off, thanks so much, Jess, for uh, bringing us all together uh, today. It's it's you and 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 I who are speaking, but um, it's been really great to. Have conversations with you, Kira and Molly, um, and then to continue that into what will hopefully be an ongoing sort of uh, conversation through a consortium. In terms of being able to talk about ideas and and our work, just feels so especially important during this time of COVID and uh, living how how we are. beta is is. Probably one of my um, most cher- cherished works. It occurs sort of in in a couple of different different ways. One is the exhibition that that you saw um, at Film North back in would have been uh, it opened about a year ago now um, and closed the end of january so it's a little bit uh, january of 2020 so a little bit before um, we went into lockdown and 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 our lives how we we understand it now with with covid you know Unbaked is it's that work which is still images moving images in that case they were silent but also the written word That that oftentimes comes up in in my work. It's also a series of short experimental films, the one that we've talked about of screening, which uh, brings in also, you know, moving image, um, but also still image and also text, also the written word that plays out within the piece. And they they do all revolve around um, memory, the body, how we move through spaces, and especially domestic spaces, how our body Learns the physiology of our body, or like on, on almost a, a cellular level, um, was is is uh, learned, but also passed down right? Um, through, um, through, you know, generations and and those memories and how we interact with, with spaces and, and how we interact with our world is something that I feel um, and through my work want to explore how memory, how we learn through what is passed down. One of the things in terms of talking about process that feels so important to me and and sort of the sense of memory and how I build the ideas or or themes in in my work and what what becomes really driving and important to me in terms of my work, as well as my process, one that brings in the written word, that brings in the still image, the moving image, um, and all those are intertwined. And I I think it really goes back to a few things. One, my four grandparents immigrated from Lebanon. My parents uh, never had able to go to college for a variety of reasons. They wanted, for their children to go to college and and to also have a reliable way of sustaining oneself economically. And so, you know, the idea of art was never really in that part of that playbook, in some ways landing where I did in terms of of art making, but I really felt a strong connection to the image. Uh, When I was 14, I I actually uh, built uh, or basically had a dark room in our garage. We didn't have running water there. It wasn't an attached garage. So I would bring the the water for that that dark room out there. So it was always a real passion. It was always a real, like, I wanted to create images and, and communicate via images. For undergraduate, I studied and, and got a liberal arts education. I had started, though, pre-med thinking that I would go on to be a doctor and and have that sort of reliable income to support mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. So just kept on coming back to the image. That's where I, I ended up dropping that. I ended up becoming a government and international relations major. Mm-hmm. I studied some Arabic. That was always really important to me to be able to to develop that that language. I think that all really feeds into an understanding of why or how you know i feel the need to to bring in or or will bring in all these various elements to my work and so there's there's a sense in which i draw off of my liberal arts education in terms of you know an understanding of how governments or international relations or political science or all those things kind of basically relate. But I also draw off of in in some ways, you know, primarily a desire to really understand the place from which my grandparents came from and and how that really informed who I am today and what our, our future might be. So that's a little bit about a little bit of a background. Yeah. Um, to my process and a little bit you know in terms of in terms of on bait you know the the desire for it to manifest in different ways an exhibition at film north which was still photographs moving image without sound written word some written by me and some written by the uh, co-curator michelle baroudi and then having it come together as as one and then the the film which as i mentioned includes both moving image and still in an experimental sort of format, along with sound and text. And one of the things that I feel with On Bait that just feels so precious and and important is that there were so many levels of collaboration that were just made the work what it is. And I think I I mentioned just a bit earlier how this is just one of my um, most cherished works. I traveled to to Lebanon in the winter and spring of 2017, I made um, these images, many of which were in my family village, and even more were in my family home, former family home in that in that village. I worked with. Uh, Two dancers when I was there, one uh, who is actually a, a Minneapolis-based dancer um, who happened to be in Beirut the same time as I was, Leila Awadalla. We worked together as well as um, a Lebanese-based dancer, Beirut-based dancer, um, Sophia Musa, who I met there and, and and became friends with. And with both of them, we talked a lot about the the questions of home and the questions of the body and the questions of how the body moves through homes and different experiences and how different experiences that we've had or that our families have had in relation to home or in relation to homeland will really affect the overall sense of how the body moves through these spaces. And so it was with them, that we made both uh, still images and moving images in various um, homes in in lebanon Mm -hmm. and so there was that you know that collaboration on on that level and then back here in minnesota when i was working um, on the film I brought in, uh, well, this wouldn't be so much as a collaboration, but one of the things that I did bring in is um, something that's really important to my process, which is literature. And I find that, that, that literature helps me understand and I think is a really oftentimes helpful for me visually to understand um, through description um, experiences. But one of the, the novels, uh, works of literature, that was just really influential was um, I, the Divine. Um, by Rabia uh, Al Madin. I actually used just a little excerpt from from that book in the in the film, um, just a short one. But that book was was really interesting in the sense that it was a uh, it's a book in first chapters, and mm-hmm. so every every chapter is a first chapter, mm-hmm. and it's written a little bit stylistically differently each time. The narrative builds through that. And so, with On Bait, the experimental film, one of the things that I was really interested in, and, and is the sense in which um, there's a uh, it's a film in fragments. It's mm-hmm. it's f- these fragments of memories. It's these bits of memories that that happen and that we we attempt to put together in mm-hmm. in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, In terms of uh, music and sound, um, I uh, used and worked with Hello, Psycheleppo, which is um, sort of a techno musician, really amazing, um, mm-hmm. amazing work. So working um, with Samer and his music um, yeah. for that was really, really important. And then in terms of the exhibition, in terms of the levels of, of collaboration, um, I already mentioned working with uh, Michelle Baroudi in terms of selecting the images, basically kind of working on the overall way in which the, the work fits in with uh, within the, the larger framework of Arab Americans working, images of Arab spaces, how you know voices, our voices fit in and uh, work to respond to various understandings um, within that, that sort of larger framework. I also worked with uh, Keith Taylor to make platinum palladium prints for the exhibition. Um, and we worked closely over several months, kind of an amazing experience uh, working with him. He's a masterful printer of these handmade, um, basically handmade prints um, for the exhibition. And, and then I worked um, as well with a graphic designer and and friend of mine, um, Paula Curran. We worked and and essentially, you know, designed a show catalog together. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I feel very fortunate that I was able to see that exhibit. It only um, reinforced uh, the, you know, the the feelings I have towards. The ways in which your process shows and how you present your art, um, and the thoughts, uh, the thought that you carry through, um, but also when you speak about space um, and the spaces in which our body or our memories may um, manifest. Um, uh, and I, there's that level is so multifaceted when it comes down to it, and, and multifaceted not only because of what you're what you're expressing require asks um, to be expressed in multiple different ways, like it just can't be you know, a silent experimental film or what have you, it's so rich. It needs more because there's multiple conversations, multiple experiences, intergenerational thoughts and experience. But I'm also thinking about the viewer. I experience your work as a viewer. I experience um, and appreciate uh, what you bring to your projects as a viewer. And when you talk about space, I, I see that in the ways in which you honor that through your work but also the space that you give a viewer um, but I remember on silence um, you know there's there's a level in which you uh, you give the viewer space and that continues on when I worked with you with altered aesthetics and you did the multifaceted uh, collaborative uh, performance with uh, moving image music spoken word you performs and within that it's there's a There's a level of uh, slowness that you give a viewer to be able to open space to thought where, you know, when you're watching a film or you're experiencing a performance, sometimes it's so quick, you know, where you're, you're moving to the next thing. Um, And sometimes if you are able to give someone just a... um, uh, more than a minute or a more than a moment, um, uh, a more than a blink, um, that you are able to give someone a space to to think deeply about what you are trying to express, but what you want your viewer to take away with them. I know that that's something that just came to me right now, and um, I wanted to comment on it. Anything you want to share about that?
1: Yes, absolutely. The The sense of space for the work to be processed Mm. and and it's not only sort of a consideration like you said about space within the frame whether that be the the frame of moving image or still image but also within the sense in which the the viewer may interact or maybe just process sort of a sense in which they are with the work to allow um, sometimes an uncomfortableness, because I think we are really used to things being faster. But once we sort of slow down and can be with a thought or an idea for a little bit longer than than a short moment, then how do we interact with that? Or how do we um, maybe Bring that within ourselves to experience that within um, within our own bodies um, as as audience members or as viewers. So I think that that is um, a really important uh, important aspect of my my work and processes is that in order to experience, there's a there's maybe a slowness.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. Thank you. Um, I so I want to um, touch briefly on questions you may have about your own art. And what I mean by that is, you know, what drives you? What's your curiosity? um, But what's possible? You know, there's so many, um, sometimes we're often asking the artists the questions. (laughs) Um, And, you know, we're asking you to write an artist statement, we're asking, you know, so I, I'm just more curious right now about sort of, you know, what, what are those questions you have um, that you bring to the table um, uh, that keeps you going?
1: What keeps me going and a sense of of curiosity is a way in which I want to understand maybe and be in the present through an exploration and an understanding of where I've come from and where my family has come from and how my movements, maybe more appropriately, are informed by that, by informed by that sense of, of history. And and a history that I know is very elusive, and one that gets filled in with, you know, imaginations, and as well as, you know, stories and, and certain, you know, aspects, but there's, there's so many things in, in, in our histories, I think that that are elusive, and I, I think it kind of goes back to that sort of that notion of of making a film in fragments. But it's sort of about you know continually trying to maybe maybe put um, put something together mm-hmm. to to create something that will will never be never be a whole, but will will hopefully um, help understand um, understand work. I think in terms of what keeps me what keeps me going is is the artistic process. And it's it's one of um, for me that's always discovery. And I think it it falls within that sense of the unknown, mm. right? I don't know. I think I I might think I know at the beginning mm-hmm. of something. It's those those moments where I discover things that that I didn't expect to discover. And that's what just keeps the process so so alive for me, you know, mm-hmm. so it's new every time. It's different every time. And I think that that becomes, you know, just really, really exciting in mm-hmm. in a way. Also at times terrifying, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, because I don't know where things are going. I don't yeah. know the answers. And we live in a time when, you know, we maybe want to know those answers. Yeah. But so there's a there's a terrifying aspect of that too. There's also a very exciting aspect to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, um, you know, we've talked a few times about you know building a consortium, uh, building a network for us to be able to explore the the process, you know, and and to be in support of one another, you know, during those terrifying moments, you know, during or we're not necessarily there unless we need it for critique. It's not there for critique, but it's there to say this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm working on, or this is the initial thought that I have, and being and being a, a safe space for that, you know, to be to be able to share this initial thought and i'm not sure what it's going to be but can we just talk about it (laughs) Um, and we've had that moment so far since we've had our first conversation Um, and it's just so important to be able to have a space um, as you know a small group or what have you um, that um, can be there for each other as we are moving through Um, uncertainty um, fear (laughs) um, uh, but also just sort of the the process as an artist that we often experience that that terror multiple ways, um, but when it does happen, when you're first working on a project, it's like you've never experienced it before. You know, you're like, "This is this is this isn't going to work. I don't know if this is going to work, or what is it going to look like? What if I don't like what it looks like, or what have you?" And um, and uh, I just appreciate that we all can be there for each other. Well, since we're on that topic um, of kind of moving forward. Um, you know, I have another big question and it it's kind of overarching, but I don't really want it to be. <laughs> it, it's a question of where do you see yourself? You know, whether that be, you know, um, in five years or maybe like this year in 2021, you know, it's so hard to think of like that question. Where do you want to see yourself in five years um, with the way our world is functioning right now? So where would you want to see yourself knowing that you have, um, you know moon play we can't do your on bait screening right now but we can honor your project we can talk about it um, we can share you know clips online um, and possibly maybe a, an online screening at some point but you know where where um, where do you want to see yourself
1: so it is a, a big it's a it's a it's a large question mm-hmm. and in some ways I come to an answer that may be too simple <laughs>
0: No, let's go um,
1: there. <laughs> um, and, and that is, I, I want to be making work in, in the same way that I'm making work now, except mm-hmm. uh, work where I can actually see people and, and, and work not, you know, over Zoom, <laughs> but to be Working with people, be having conversations, but I, I, I think one of the things is that, um, in some ways, I in next year or in five years, I see myself still asking questions, working through that the process, um, making work that that hopefully furthers my and and others understanding of of themes of migration, of understandings of home, of homeland, of memory and of possibilities for the future. And then just an understanding of the body within within those spaces and questions of diaspora. Mm
0: -hmm. What do you think you uh, would need um, to make those projects or those ideas uh, move forward? what do you
1: need? When I think about what I need in terms of you know to make to make that happen, I think time is is one thing. Um, I really do hope that we can see a future in which um, you know hopefully next year or years after where we can actually see one another in person and be able to you know have, Whether it be studio visits or performances or different things that we can do in in community,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I think that's really um, important. Um, I I am really grateful for the consortium that you've begun, um, uh, Jess, and really, um, really think that we had our our first. first sort of gathering of the four of us to talk about our work where we were at that moment uh, last week. And it was just really, really a fantastic opportunity. So I think that's something that I don't know if it would fall into a need or not, but it's, yeah. it's really something wonderful Um, that. And I think it does fall in a need because it has the need to connect, right? Yeah. To connect with others and yeah. to be part of something.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, when it came up in our, I mean, it was already forming through Moonplay as a thing, as a thing, a community uh, resource, Um, but I feel like within our first conversation that we've had so far in this series, um, it came out like what, what do we want to see happen, you know, as we move forward, as we have more conversations, and that came out. Like we need to meet more often. We need to be a network. We need to be able to support one another so we can work on our projects, but come out on the other side, you know, life as we currently know it, you know, and also where to from here. That is that theme that we have been exploring. Um, You and I were on a very similar Zoom call even before we started this podcast because we were just like, what should we do? you know, now we, now that we don't have um, the screenings, the, the project uh, plan that we had, um, where to from here? And that's where it came from. And uh, I wanna honor that conversation that you and I had. I don't think that we would be um, having a podcast series right now um, without that initial conversation. Um, and I do really feel like this thought around where to from here, you know, came from you, Andrea. Um, and and then, you know, Kira just saying, let's let's get this going. Let's talk. Let's share our work. Um, and all of us coming together and saying, yeah, yeah, we're totally going to do that. So um, yeah, so life as we currently know it, where to from here? <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on that?
1: So I think in terms of where to from here, there's a sense in which we continue working in, in the way that we're working, we continue to build those those networks, we continue that support, we continue those levels of, of collaboration. We right now during during the times of COVID, we imagine different ways of of reaching audiences. But then hopefully outside of COVID, once we we at some point um are not living in the way that we're, we're currently living that we continue to imagine new ways of making um making connections and sharing work and questioning what needs to be our present or maybe it's more in terms of imagining and creating alternatives for imagining what our future might be mm-hmm. Definitely. as artists
0: Definitely. Yeah, like, as we're living through this, it doesn't strip us of our our identities as artists, right? Um, We're still going to show up and uh, explore the ideas that we have. Um, What I feel like we have uh, somewhat lost is that that connection to community, like you had mentioned, the the needs that we have. And um, I feel fortunate that we have a tool like this where we can um, keep it going. I know it's not the same, uh, but I do feel very thankful that um, this is what we have right now. Um, And uh, yeah, where to? Um, uh, any um, other last things that you would like to share about? I know you've been working on a, a new collaborative project that also has um, had some hiccups because of COVID. So any last things you'd like to check in about?
1: Sure yeah, well, you know, I could talk a little bit about about that collaborative project. Um, and and some of the hiccups and where we're, we're going with that. And actually, it was really great to be able to share some of that at our consortium um, meeting last week, and to talk talk through that. The uh, I'm working with. I was asked by uh, Sharon Mansoor, who's a Winona based dancer to direct a segment of her solo performance, dance performance called A Thousand and One Arab Futures. We had been meeting in person um, in Winona to kind of work through the, the process in in terms of developing a focus um, or just you know ideas and and working through to to create this this segment. And those meetings in, in Winona were ended because of COVID, what we're we're living in. So we've 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 kind of worked in a way to explore, you know, meeting over Zoom, but then I also started mailing sort of letters on prints to Sharon um, as a as a need to kind of create sort of almost a tactile connection. But we're we're continuing to work through Zoom, through you know, through these these letters, in in terms of uh, creating something that will be some sort of performative element, we don't know where or we, we hope that um, that the piece will be performed next uh, September, September of 21, at the Cowell Center in Minneapolis. It was also supposed to be performed at the Winona Conservatory of Art this January, February, but that has been postponed or we're not really sure where, where that's going to go. So, the, the idea of this thousand and one Arab futures that was going to be uh, like a performance in a performance space. Yeah. We are working with. Well, what might this look like? What might this? Mm-hmm. What might this be? Might it be, you know, a film? Might it be an outdoor performance? What uh, I'm working on a, a a book form right now that might might go along with that. So so a lot of different um, different possibilities and different futures that kind of go back a little bit to what we talked about earlier in terms of the artistic process is, you know, starting something with with some idea of something that might happen and then and then realizing that for whatever reason. Becomes very different, and and there's elements of of that being you know unsettling, but I guess at the same time it opens up possibilities.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely, I I feel like uh, so much of what we have embraced through these conversations is just talking about the reality of process and the reality of letting your project be and grow through connection, but also um, just the ways in which our world moves. Um, and so. Well, um, I really appreciate. I know uh, we've, we could continue talking. I just love um, and, and cherish uh, the time I have with you, Andrea. Um, and I know we'll have many more um, and uh, we'll, we'll check back in as a fuller group. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you so much for being part of this conversation today and, and the ones that we, we keep on having.
1: Thank you, Jess. This is wonderful. Thank you for Moonplay and for making all of this uh, connection a possibility.
0: This episode was recorded on December 5th, 2020. Thank you again, Andrea, for taking the time for us to get to know you more. Thank you for listening to Where To From Here, a conversation series with a variety of moving image experimental artists and beyond. So happy to have you here. If you are interested in learning more about us, please go to moonplaycinema.org or you can email us at moonplaycinema at gmail.com. Thank you again. See you later.